0: So hello there, and welcome back to Interesting Stuff. I have a little curiosity for you today in our homeschool supplement. Something a little bit off the wall, but something that caught my eye. So I thought we'd dive into longbows and arrows. Now imagine this if you can. Five thousand English longbowmen, marching forward. They're about three hundred yards away from the French, and they halt. Each man takes the stake that he's been carrying, and he thrusts it at an angle into the ground. Protected by this rough shield, each bowman then draws the twenty-four arrows from his sheaf and puts them point-first into the ground. Orders are shouted. Each archer picks up an arrow, strings his bow, pulls back the string and grunts with the effort. The bowmen loosen their strings and a cloud of arrows whistles upwards. They fall onto the ranks of the French. These were the first shots in Henry V of England's celebrated triumph at Agincourt, northern France, in October 1415. And this is the power of the longbow. Now we have to look back in history a little bit to understand why the longbow was actually better than other bows and other weapons of its period of time. According to historical notes, the Welsh appear to have been the first to develop the tactical use of a longbow into the deadliest weapon of its day. During the Anglo-Norman invasion of Wales, it is said that the Welsh bowmen took a heavy toll on the invaders. However, with the conquest of Wales complete, Welsh conscripts were incorporated then into the English army for Edward's campaigns further north and in to Scotland. So although King Edward I, known as Hammer of the Celts, is normally regarded as the man responsible for adding the might of the longbow to the English armoury of the day, the actual evidence is really vague. Although he did ban all sports except for archery on Sundays to make sure that Englishmen practiced with their longbows. Now, it wasn't called a longbow for no reason. It was called a longbow because it was really long. The bows themselves were actually taller than most men. And if we reflect back to the Battle of Agincourt. The battle itself was a great victory for the English archers, who were equipped with yew longbows about 6 feet, that's 1.8 meters long, and tipped with a horn at both ends. These shot an arrow, which was around 3 feet or 1 meter long, and they could kill at 600 feet, that's 180 meters away. Wow. The first bows were made of elm, but this soon changed to yew, a softer wood which bends more easily. Such huge bows were very difficult to draw. The archer pushed the wooden shaft of the bow away with one hand, while with the other he pulled the string back, using all the muscles in his shoulders. Now, I don't know if you've seen any... Uh, pictures from history about what happened after battles um, to the losing sides. If you were captured as a prisoner, very often what happened is that you actually got parts of your fingers cut off. Yeah, it's quite horrific, really. Um, and the parts of the fingers that got cut off were, in fact, the parts that the bowmen used to pull the, the arrow back to fire it. Um, so, yeah, everything happened for a reason. Right? So, if you see any curious historical pictures with people with parts of fingers missing, well, you know, maybe that's it. <laughs> so, back to the arrows. When the feathered rear end of the arrow was level with the bowman's ear, or sometimes his cheek, depending upon the arrow's length, he loosened the arrow and let fly Aiming was a matter of experience. A veteran knew exactly how high to shoot to make the arrow fall on a targeted area. All the archers let loose at once. And if they ran out of arrows, they were able to get more from carts wheeled along by lines of boys. Oh my god, what a job that must have been. (laughs) Here, take this barrel or cart of arrows down to the front, John. Okay. (laughs) Wow. I hope they were paid well for that. At the Battle of Agincourt, many of the French used a crossbow, which was a much older weapon. These were used in Asia, essentially for hunting as early as the 6th century BC. Well, it's quite old. But were not taken seriously as military weapons until around the 12th century. The bow was initially made of wood and then of bone. Finally, in the 14th century Steel was attached across the end of the wooden shaft. The first crossbows were all drawn by hand, but as bows became stronger and more difficult to bend, mechanical ratchets were developed to draw the bowstring. The projectile, which was a stone or an arrow or a smaller bolt, rested in a groove at the top of the tiller and was shot when the archer released the string by pulling a trigger at the bottom. Although crossbows were generally more accurate than the longbow, It was much more difficult to operate. The ability of the longbowmen to maintain an almost constant rain of arrows completely demoralized all of their enemies. Yeah, once again, whoever had the best firepower, they won the war. Technology. It's all about technology, people. And what that all means is that in the time it took a crossbowman to load his weapon, a longbowman could actually fire 10 arrows. So 10 to 1. It's a a huge difference. And one of the most famous uses of the longbow was at the Battle of Crecy. Crecy. Um, This was in Normandy in France. Um, I probably butchered that pronunciation. I apologize. Anyway, what happened? The French first sent out the mercenary crossbowmen, numbering between 600 to 12,000, that's a lot of bowmen, with a firing rate of 3 to 5 volleys per minute. They were, however, no match for the English and Welsh longbowmen who could fire 10 or 12 arrows sometimes in the same amount of time. It was also during this battle reported that rain adversely affected the bowstrings of the crossbows. Philip VI, after commenting on the uselessness of his archers, sent forward his cavalry, who charged through and over his own crossbowmen. Yay! Thank you you very much, King, for you ran over your own men. The English and Welsh archers and men-at-arms held them off not just once, but 16 times in total. During one of these attacks, Edward's son, the Black Prince, came under direct attack, But his father refused to send him help, claiming he needed to win his spurs. Mon Dieu! (laughs) Wow, (laughs) would you like a dad like that? (laughs) That would be quite crazy, right? So this is how the longbow rose to prominence and became one of the greatest weapons of war for hundreds of years. And... You know that's that's a great part of history, right? You look at the, especially at European history; it's usually marked by war after uh, war after war after war. Thankfully, in the modern age, we don't have to worry much about that. But we can still find these bows used in demonstration events and maybe in some competitions as well. What do you think about archery? Have you tried? Have you thought about it? Have you had a go? Why not see if there's a local club somewhere near you? Get involved. You never know. You might like it. So that's all for today. Thank you very much for tuning into a rather unusual subject, I think. History is full of little topics, of things that were very, very, you know, you know what's, what's absolutely not considered normal now was once very, very normal, and that's how cultures change, and that's how we progress, and that's how we move forward. So... Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I wish you a fantastic day. Let me know what you think. Um, Answer the extra questions under the video if you can. And let me know what else I should cover. Um, Keep in touch. Have a great day. Speak to you soon. Take care.